Guess it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey! What if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye! I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Now, here he is, the coach. Buddy Martin. Hello, welcome to the Buddy Martin Show. Hope you're up and running today. We see our notification is that our Wi-Fi is on low power, so let's hope everything is coming about okay. We'll try here again, see if we can get that working for you. There we go. <clears throat> Broadcasting from Wild Missing, Pennsylvania, right outside Reading, where we've been broadcasting since Friday. Uh, today is travel day. We're uh, going a little early today because we have to get to the Philadelphia airport, leaving here around 5.30 for an 8.40 flight, home about 1.30 a.m. So we travel, but we've had a wonderful time here for the last four or five days, enjoyed the time with our daughter and her family, and uh, we've enjoyed the people of Reading and enjoyed doing the broadcast from here. Late night, daily, daily last night, we welcome our 1,000th member of the Gator Nation Kingdom. Think about that. Many of you know that we just started. I don't have the date in front of me, but I know it's been under 60 days. So maybe somebody can look it up. And we just started to decide to do this, and we here we go. And ironically, Jeff Cole, when he came on last night as the 1,000th member of Gator Nation Kingdom. By the way, a group, we're not soliciting new members. We're, we're there if you want to find us. We want good, ardent, intelligent Gator fans, uh, hopefully Gator fans, but at least have an appreciation for what the Gators are in their athletic program, willing to abide by the rules where we treat people with respect, we don't bully, we don't bash, we celebrate the sports at the University of Florida, but we criticize when criticism is necessary. We can have an adult conversation about that when things are going right. But mostly it's been fun. And last night was a great celebration. Uh, and uh, Jeff Cole joined us from Tampa. We asked him, hey, Jeff, how did you find us? Well, guess what? He saw the airport, now famous airport scene, which uh, we encountered. And I feel bad sometimes that, that maybe Scott Strickland thinks we ambushed him. We didn't really mean to do that. We just got to get information. But somehow that resonated with a lot of people, and they found us as Jeff did. He's joined up now with us. Glad to have Jeff and others. And I'll say good afternoon to Michael, John, uh, Steve, uh, Alexander, uh, uh, Bill, and Kevin so far online already. I'm surprised that you found me. I'm glad you're here with me today. It's always nice to know you're out there. Others, of course, will join as we go in progress. And don't forget... You can find this show and tune in later on if you missed it. Try tune in. I'm going to listen to the basketball game tonight between Florida and Alabama on the TuneIn app because I'll be in the airport and I can't get it on TV. So TuneIn is a good app. Uh, TuneIn Radio, you can go to SoundCloud and find it posted as a podcast presented by Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. Uh, and you can also find us on iTunes, so in addition to this live broadcast on Facebook. So we're on here early today, but you'll be able to catch us. Tell your friends who look for us at 5.30 that, unfortunately, we had to go early. Well, it'll be early the next couple of days. Excuse me, tomorrow we'll be early with uh, the early afternoon show with uh, Brady Ackerman, who normally would have been today, but because of our travel plans, we pushed it to tomorrow. On the program today, some of you will know this person if you listen to the radio. 
I'll be joined by Tom Schmitz. Alexander, you've been uh, asking about him. Uh, and um, he will be on the program today for a brief cameo and announcing that Tom will return to our uh, show uh, in two weeks on our, as a regular Friday night uh, co-host, whatever you want to call it, and he'll be joining us uh, regularly there and sometimes on the late night dilly dilly. On the subject of the late night dilly dilly, our thanks once again to the wonderful people at CD Farms and Archer. Tracy and Chris DeCubulus are our new sponsors for the late night dilly dilly. CD Farms located in Archer specialize in pasture-fed livestock. They'll actually raise your cattle or your hogs or whatever, and then you can, of course, have them butchered right there, and he'll take care of all that that goes into it. Pasture-fed, they've joined, uh, obviously, the farm-to-table movement that's been underway for quite some time. Um, And uh, you can get fresh vegetables and fruits, farm-fresh eggs, etc., They've established since 2004, and you can locate them at cdfarmsflorida at gmail.com or Facebook, CD Farms, or at CD Farms Florida. Uh, and Chris and Tracy are great Gator fans. They've never done anything like this before, but they wanted to support the program and uh, wanted to tell people about their wonderful, fresh, healthy food, which we're going to participate in. Already have some of their meat. We're going to try it again. And probably we'll get some of their other stuff, uh, vegetables and fruits. So uh, that's uh, great stuff right there. So thank you again. I believe Chris is out in Vegas, as I recall, uh, still in Las Vegas. So uh, Chris is uh, rounding up his trip. And um, I got an email, or actually I got a message on um, the, uh, the show messenger yesterday. Um, and... Um, and I meant to mention it last night, and I forgot. And I wish I had it in front of me, but I can tell you what it said. Do you recall a fullback named Bob Milby in the 50s? And the answer is absolutely. I recall Bob Milby. He was my halfback in my starting backfield when I played for the Wildcats in Ocala as a quarterback. And he was only a sophomore then. His brother Bill was uh, my second-best receiver, uh, very fast. And uh, Bob went to Florida, uh, played a linebacker position, tore up his knee, wanted to become a principal, and it was a very well-known and well-thought-of principal at Mainland High School until a few years ago, and he recently passed the last couple of years. So, yes, I knew Bob his whole family, went hunting on their farm numerous times, and knew Bill and Bob and, and their sister and the whole gang. So, um, yeah, I remember him well. And RIP to Bob. We're going to talk a little bit about Mike White, about basketball. Of course, tonight's a big game. Florida has Alabama and, and Kentucky left, and uh, then it's on to the SEC tournament. Just one win here set Florida up nicely. They had a chance to have a, a good run in the tournament. And the main thing is to get playing better, which they did somewhat. But as Franz Beer said last night, this basketball team should have won that game by 15 points against Auburn. But Auburn shot the lights out. They can shoot the basketball and shoot the three, and Florida couldn't defend it very well. But luckily, they found a new player in Bassett uh, who can play down the low post and catch the ball and actually occasionally score. Not a great defender, not a Munu, uh, but uh, somebody who can really make a little bit of a difference. All they needed was a little bit. And Fran says it's still out of the possibility that Bono could show up here in a week or a couple weeks. I don't know. What I'm hearing is he's done. Don't count on it. But, hey, Fran follows it closer than I do. We'll see whether the Gators can, in fact, continue on where they left off against Auburn and won another game. How about two in a row? That would be amazing. And wake up part two, hopefully, for a couple of guys, Jalen Hudson, Here's a guy who scored, what, 26, one game early in the year, and just in the recent weeks cannot throw the ball in the Atlantic Ocean. Finally, he woke up, made some shots, made some foul shots. The mysterious thing is the foul shots. That's the thing. Everybody started missing. They had maybe the second best or best free throw shooting team in the SEC. We got guys like Chioso, who's like 90%, couldn't draw iron 
on a couple of them. And that's a function probably of just being tired. When the legs go, there goes the shooting eye. So uh, we'll see what that can happen. Kayvon Allen needs to have another big game. Uh, he was a big difference in the night, and boy, has he been needed. So we'll see. And in a moment, we'll talk to our buddy Tom Schmitz. We'll come back and talk more about Florida. How does the f- basketball scandal affect Florida? Well, I don't think very much, but we'll talk about what Mike White said. Dan Mullen is out and about. He's speaking. Some of you have heard his speeches. I haven't heard them all yet. I know he spoke yesterday, speaking again today and tomorrow at Tampa, Orlando. Uh, he's out there putting a spin on it. And I got thinking about what would I talk about if I were Dan Mullen? How would I, because you do spin it a little bit, what would be my approach if I was the coach at Florida going out there to tell the fans about my team and what to expect. You think about it. And you can also send me a, um, a little note um, uh, and tell me what you think. Uh, thanks, Michael. You like the chalkboard? That's the work of Rebecca. A little chalkboard back there behind doing This is the sign she made for me. Uh, also, um, uh, Beth, dilly-dilly to you as well. Uh, and then uh, Becca has to make some adjustments. Uh, let's see. Donald? Uh, yeah, baseball is at 6 o'clock on ESPN app, if I can get it. My ESPN app has decided not to work. I don't know exactly why, because it's worked fine for the last six months. And I think it's because DirecTV has decided to start charging. They didn't charge before, so I won't get a chance to see the game unless I get lucky at the airport. So, uh, yeah, so uh, baseball tonight uh, at 6, according to Donald, remembering that. Uh, who else we got here before we call Tom? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, questions about um, uh, my friend Adam Reardon. Yeah, Adam's a Hurricane fan, by the way, but uh, he's a knowledgeable guy. He, he enjoys college football. We've done sports together off and on, not the same show for a long time. He's a good dude, by the way, regardless of whether he roots for and he announced uh, Monday that he was done at WMOP. And as I said yesterday, and I posted uh, first the first time since we started the stations in 1996 uh, in the Ocala market, there is not a local sports talk show. And I don't know if it matters or not. We're here on digital, and Adam's uh, going digital. Brady Ackerman does his show at WRUF, but he is on with us now once a week doing more digital. So maybe we've seen the handwriting on the wall. This is the way, this is the new radio slash TV, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, yeah, Adam Reardon is definitely uh, doing digital stuff. Uh, what else? Um, thanks, Gene, for the well wishings on the travel. Uh, let me go ahead and do this. I'll come back. Thank you, John. Um, and I will come back and address your issues. Uh, bring some cool air, says Michael. Well, I, it, it's been, it's, it's really nice here today and, and it's been cool and chilly and cold, but tonight and today in Reading, it's been very nice. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and get our friend Tom Schmitz on while I tell you about our sponsors. Once again, told you about CD Farms. I'll be sure to tell you about Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. Car accident, work accident, wrongful death, personal injury, social security disability. Contact Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. Dan's a longtime friend, longtime supporter of this show. We really appreciate the fact that he followed us right over here from radio station to digital without batting an eye, supporting us all the way. We really do appreciate that. Um, and so if you need a good attorney, call uh, Daniel Hightower. He has a variety of uh, services he offers at 352-629-7777. That's 352-629-7777. And uh, he will, uh, he'll, he'll talk to you about what your needs are and take care of your legal business for you. It's a relief to know that when you need somebody, Dan Hightower is there. Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for action and victim justice since 1976. Let's go ahead and see if we can roust out Mr. Tom Schmitz. 
uh, who tells us, uh, who will fill us in on the latest and what he's got going on there. Tom, of course, does trivia in the Ocala market. And as somebody said today, is there a... Well, how about that? I got Tom Schmitz on automatic. Well, looks like we're not going to have Tom Schmitz today. Tom apparently is tied up. Uh, so we'll wait and see what happens there. Uh, get back to the thing, your question. You, yesterday we addressed an interesting thing, which uh, I'd like to follow up on regarding how you get your news and information, who you trust, who do you want it from. And I asked three questions, and you responded beautifully. Uh, I think we have Tom coming in. We'll get to that in just a minute. All right, let's see if Mr. Smith is to answer his phone this time. It looks like he has. And let's go out to the hotline and talk to Tom Schmitz, Common Sense Network. How are you, Thomas? You don't even want to know the day I've had, buddy. And it just culminated with me answering the phone. But really, I hung up on you, so it was all me. Well, actually, I have a little, a little surprise to you. I do know what kind of day you had. Because you butt dialed me a while ago, just in time to hear you crash something, and you swore when that you did. So Wonderful. I had a pretty good idea. It wasn't going great. <laughs> you know, yeah. the best thing about my day so far is this phone call to you because I'm very excited about what we're going to talk about. Mm. Welcome back, man. Um, for those of you who don't know, Tom and I worked together seven years. How long was it, Tom? So little, right at seven years, buddy. Seven years, and uh, we worked over at WOCA. We did, you should do three hours a day. Remember that? And we did, the, the first two were not sports. And then the last hour was sports. Did that for a little over five and a half, whatever it was. And then we spent a year, a little over a year at WMOP. And then oh, we, uh, we went a different direction. So, yeah, so Tom's going to start doing, uh, going on the air with us on Friday nights. Uh, and we'll be doing the Buddy Martin Show with Tom Schmitz. It's like we do the Brady Ackerman Show, uh, with Buddy Martin Show with Brady Ackerman. And uh, he'll join us on Fridays, and maybe he'll show up on a late night Dilly Dilly. That's where all the fun's had, Tom. Well, you never know. You know, with my penchant for liking sports bars, and that's sitting in the Dilly Dilly type show, yeah, you yeah, never know yeah. where I may show up yeah. and where I may be having a adult beverage while on the Dilly Dilly show. You just never know. Yeah, well, I know that um, the um, – I'm sorry, Rebecca. Okay, I'm getting directions here. This sounds like uh, in the studio with Tom. Uh, bottom line is, is that <laughs> late night Dilly Dilly um, – uh, has been was on Monday last night, of course, and we we don't know exactly. That's the thing about the show; you never know when we might show up late night. But you are since you're doing trivia. I noticed you responded a moment ago that someone said there's a trivia show on Tuesday night. You said, "Yep, Crazy Cucumber, I'll be there." Tom Schmitz. So where all do you are you doing this stuff right now? Well, I do I do trivia every night of the week, Monday through Thursday, from seven thirty p.m. to nine p.m. I do it at Mojo's in the Target Plaza in Ocala on Mondays, Crazy Cucumber on Tuesdays, Beefo Brady's on East Silver Springs Boulevard on Wednesdays, and Mojo's on 40 in Ocala on Thursdays. So I'm, I'm the trivia, I'm the trivia-nator, buddy. You, you know that. You are the trivia-nator, for sure. You used to have trivia questions and give away prizes back in the day. I don't know whatever happened to that idea, but just saying, you know? Yeah. So, buddy, I'm looking to very, I'm very excited and looking forward to you and I partnering back up on Friday evenings. Maybe talk a little high school football, which mm-hmm. I may know a little bit about in this area. So, I'm looking forward to our Friday nights together. Yeah, I am too. Of course, Tom and Tom James did a play-by-play in color for three years in Marion County High School football and did it really well. And uh, we're, but, buddy, we did it for four years. Okay, well, it seemed like it, <laughs> it was so good. It seemed like it was three. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so yeah, that's something that, uh, hey, look, we're, get, we're just experimenting with this new medium. There's all kind of things we can do and hopefully we'll be able to do, and we appreciate uh, all the things you did. So, listen, uh, you're getting uh, greetings from the, from the kingdom out there. Um, and uh, also, our folks are uh, thanking our sponsors, which we appreciate. Uh, and uh, we're uh, up and running and doing another uh, show today. And, Tom, I'll let you comment on this before we go because uh, it'll be, it's been in the news and will continue to be in the news. Obviously, the whole basketball scandal that's uh, looming overhead. 
every day you wonder if there's going to be another shoe that's going to drop. And uh, we know all about the Sean Miller thing, uh, who you know who's allegedly been wired not allegedly wired. The FBI says they got him on wiretap, and it's something to do with a hundred thousand dollars on, on an athlete. He says it's, it'll all be cleared up. I'd like to see that worked out. How the FBI's got you wiretapped and it'll all be cleared up, but that's just me. So, so we all know, and we talked to Max Howell last night. You know, Max, uh, he had a lot of interesting things to say about about recruiting, how it used to be, and he recruited for Troy for three years and other schools, and talked about how it was. Um, in your opinion, you've been around college football. You played at Georgia Southern. Uh, do you think we're going to see the lid blow off this thing and then football's going to be next? Here's the problem, buddy. That's what's happened now is there's concrete proof of what we all know happens on every college campus in every revenue sport. This is not a new story. It's just now there's actual proof because the FBI got involved. The NCAA doesn't have the power to subpoena. The NCAA doesn't have the power to ask a judge for a wiretap. The NCAA doesn't have the power to force people to testify. The Federal Bureau of Investigation has all of those powers, and now they're involved. This is just the tip of the iceberg, in my opinion. Big schools. I'm not talking about small schools. You're going to see big, major schools. You're going to see the Auburns and the Alabamas and the Georgias and the USC's and the Texas. All of them are worried now. Florida, Miami, everybody's worrying now because what's going on on college campuses for years is now right in the crosshairs of the FBI, and that's not a place anybody wants to be. Richie Robinson out in Louisiana, who says, by the way, you're a busy man, Tom, says, uh, what's up with Colin Cowherd saying an SEC football team is paying for players? Well, first of all, just because Colin Cowherd said it, I wouldn't necessarily believe it, but I, I would not be surprised if there wasn't an SEC team. We know there have been SEC teams that have paid for players. We, we know that all the years. We know stories. I can't document those stories, but the people I know can document some of those stories. And it's going to come out at some point that there's been players bought in the SEC because right now we know college football has a problem. won't say it's like basketball, but a similar problem with recruiting players. Buddy, the handshake has gone on for years. The handshake where a player gets a handshake from a booster. $100 handshake. $100 handshake. He gets his handshake from 15 to 16 boosters after a good game. Players make $1,500, $1,600. That goes on. It's been going on. It happens on every college campus that plays major college football. It's what happens. The only way you're going to alleviate it is when you realize no longer with the revenue football and basketball, the two revenue sports are making, no longer are those athletes just getting their worth in a college scholarship. They're worth a lot more to the school than a college scholarship. The other athletes that play the non-revenue sports, a college scholarship is well worth what they're giving the school. But a revenue sport like basketball or football, these players are worth more than just a scholarship. All right, before I let you go, let me give you the question we gave our – our group, the Kingdom, yesterday, uh, and uh, they responded, and they're still doing so, that, uh, number one, um, do you want your media representative covering your team to be, one, fair and balanced, two, leaning slightly toward your team, or three, an outright fan or a homer? Oh, I want my guy to be an outright homer. Okay. I like the Larry Munsons of the world. Mm-hmm. I like Nick, Nick Huber saying, oh, my, and loving all Florida. Mm-hmm. I want my guy to be a homer, not just my first day. I want my guy to be a homer. It only tells me the good things. Let the investigative reporters from somewhere else that I can say hate my school and don't like us. That's why they're writing the stories. Write those stories. Mm-hmm. I want the guys that are, are that represent my school. I want them to be homers and only tell me the great things about my school. I want to live above the clouds. I don't want to live in reality when it comes to my school. Okay. Well, you're one of the few who said that. That's honest. I appreciate it. Um, by the way, uh, I, I'm going to ask you, we already answered the question about whether cheating is going on in college basketball and college football. You answered it. But here's the question. If you have to know the truth about your team and about the, the conference they play in and teams, which organization in the media or individual would you most trust to tell you the truth. 
What's individual in the media? Hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to basketball, I think I, I, you know, uh, probably Pat Forty. Okay. I probably, I, when it comes to collegiate sports, all in all, yeah. in all yeah. probably Pat Forty, right? At, 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 and Tony Barnhart in football. Pat Forty and Tony Barnhart are my go-to's. I think they're both excellent media members. And you, as you know, buddy, I don't get starstruck easily. You can tell that you tell this to you know the story I'm fixing to tell. I don't get starstruck easy. But the first time we went to SEC, uh, the, the the SEC championship game, and we broadcast live from there. Everybody, there was all kind of stars walking by. Paul Feinbaum was there, Tim Tebow, all these people, huge stars. Who was the only person I asked you to make sure you introduced me to because I had to meet him? Well, you were groveling over Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Can I meet Tony Barnhart? <laughs> yeah. The only guy that. was important enough yeah. to me. That was the only guy I wanted to meet. Yeah. And Vern Lundquist, you even had stopped and talked to Vern Lundquist in the lobby that night. And I didn't I didn't ask you to introduce no, Vern Lundquist or anything, the voice of the SEC. You but I said I have to meet Tony Barnhart. You didn't say that. Uh, and so we, we, were, we were talking about uh, who you want to deliver the bad news. And I always like to tell the story of the late Bino Cook saying, if the world ends tonight – I want Walter Cronkite to be the one to tell me. Yes. And one of our loyal subjects of the kingdom said, if the world ends tonight, I want Mick Huber to tell me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, Tom, we'll look forward to it. You won't be on this Friday night or next Friday night, but starting after the night, you'll be on Friday night. And March 5th, it's the, I believe it's, is it the Ides of March? No, it's March 16th, the I day after the Ides of March. I don't know, maybe it'll be a bad time. I mean, I'll change that date. The, I day, don't know. Before, the day after the Ides of March yeah, and the day before St. Patty's know, Day. You know what happened in the Ides of March, so I don't know. Be careful. Oh, that, and you know what happens with me on St. Patty's Day, so it's good yeah, that well, it's before that. It's a good thing we aren't planning it that day, because you know what will happen then. All right, Tom, you take care. Looking forward to it, my friend. All right? Talk to you Bye, soon. Buddy. Tom Schmitz, Common Sense Network, does a show there, streaming show, and he'll be joining the program again on Friday. There's our, there's our little buddy over there, Petey Barkin. Okay, uh, before we go uh, and talk to David Moulton, well, we've got to go quickly. Again, we're asking the question about uh, who you want um, to tell you the real story about what's going on in your sport or your team, what individual or organization and do you like him to be fair and balanced, lean slightly toward your team, or become be an outright fan and homer? And Tom says he wants him to be a homer, and Richie said, yeah, that's me too. So, And Joey McBrayer says, if the world ends tonight, I pick Mick Hubert to make me make the call. One more time, one more I'm a, oh by before the world ends. It might have been Joey who said that last night. If it was Joey, I apologize. All right, appreciate you all checking in on this early a, a version of the show. Headed out to uh, Philadelphia here in a bit. We'll be taking a flight home tonight from um, Philadelphia. Had a wonderful four days here. Was it Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Uh, and we enjoyed our time in the city and with our family, our granddaughters, and, of course, our our daughter and our son-in-law uh, have just been terrific. Rebecca and Jeff and, uh, and Charlie and Gracie have been a lot of fun. So, uh, and broadcasting here, we had people in last night, had a live studio last night for Late Night Dilly Dilly. So, again, congratulations to Jeff Cole, the 1,000th member of the Gator Nation kingdom. So, let's go ahead and see if we can get a hold of our friend, David Moulton, who's always good for a take or two. Mike White, by the way, says we're not involved regarding the college basketball scandal. I'm not I can't control any of it. I'm not going to worry about it. It has nothing to do with our preparation for Alabama. We'll leave that in the hands of the folks with the SEC, the other institutions. I guess tough time in that regard for college basketball, but we're getting ready for Alabama. Well, there you go. So, uh, And that's as he should, by the way. He's lucky he's not dealing with it. Uh, he's talking about the development of Dante Bassett, the 6'9", 240-pound, uh, who sat out last season with a stress fracture in his foot, he scored his career-high 12 and grabbed six rebounds in the win over Auburn, 72-66. They played 24 minutes against Auburn. And uh, so the, what a difference. Um, Gorjek got, got couldn't play and with bad knees, so they had to work out and lie on somebody. And, of course, you know, Isaiah Stokes is out with an injury. Egbuno is out with an injury. And Chase Johnson, 
most of the season. So and then you wound up sitting three guys who were late because of the meeting uh, to a meeting, and the, which, by the way, was addition by subtraction. So that worked out pretty well. All right, so um, uh, we'll talk about Dan Mullen speaking through. What would you tell people about your program if you were Dan Mullen? We'll ask that question of our friend coming up in just a minute. Uh, Dan Mullen speaking, I think, where's he speaking today? Tampa or Orlando? I forgot which one. And uh, David Moulton will join us in just a moment. We'll chat with him about uh, all that. Meanwhile, if you have any more thoughts about that cheating thing or who you want to be the one to tell you or how you want your reporter to be in terms of his decorum and his, uh, well, he's a fan or homer, whatever he is, then uh, go ahead and post it there. We'll talk about it with you later on the program right here on an early edition of the Buddy Martin Show live from Wild Missing, right outside Reddy, Pennsylvania. We'll be speaking momentarily, hopefully, to Dan, to um, our friend in Southwest Florida, David Moulton, picks up the phone as we say that. David Moulton from Southwest Florida, another Moulton show, now being heard on ESPNU, writes a column, works for CBS, takes in laundry on weekends and mows lawns if he if, is needed. He does it all. Hello, David. Buddy, how are you? Good. I'm broadcasting up, up in Wyoming, Pennsylvania today. And uh, thanks for joining me for a few minutes to catch up on the world. How would the show go today? Show was fine today. Show was yeah. fine every day. Yeah, I ran across my other day who was a friend of Brendan's who was so thrilled to know that you that I sometimes had you on the radio. He's a big fan of yours down there. His name was Pete. You have the shout out to Pete down there, and who thinks you're hot stuff. So you want to well, be, yeah. He, he obviously needs to be drug tested, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, I never ask you this, but how long have you been doing this? Oh, wow, buddy. 21 I years? Started, I started in Scranton, Pennsylvania in the mm. summer of 86. Mm. And what did you have in mind when you started? You had in mind Pulitzers, and, you know, I had in mind going to ESPN and conquering the world. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, buddy, though, in all honesty, I grew up in North Jersey and always wanted to be a play-by-play guy. Yeah. I wanted to be the next Kurt yeah. Gowdy. wanted to be the next Marv Albert. That's, right. that's really what gets me going. People don't know how good Marv Albert was, especially on radio. He's as good a play-by-play guy as I ever heard, especially in basketball. He never missed a beat. And he painted the picture for you. He got you all the right information and did it. In his inflections, you could tell what was going on in the game. Well, and, you know, for those of us that grew up in that area, you know, but I think it was this way in a lot of towns, just not broadcasting these teams. You know, the local sports television caster was the – the guy in town, and if not mm-hmm. for you, maybe the big local sports columnist, but you know that's who drove the train in town. And Marv would do the six o'clock sports on NBC Four, mm-hmm. and then you know he was only minutes away from Madison Square Garden. He would go in between the six and eleven and broadcast either the Knicks or the Rangers home game, and then get. Back to the studio and do the 11 o'clock sports, which obviously was written for him by someone. But, I mean, that was Marv's day when the Knicks and Rangers were home. Do the 6, broadcast the game, come back and do the 11. Yeah, that's, you know, it was, that's how he wrote. I've known Marv a number of years, and I got to hear him in his prime. I lived in New York, and I think the guy was just terrific. Uh, I love listening to and, and it's a lost art, let's be honest. But Because you don't call red games on the radio much anymore. And I was talking to Nick Hubert about this, about last spring we are talk, talking about this. And he says he, he knows you're going to wind up having to do all the games, including baseball, on TV and not much so much radio. He'll do football, of course. but uh, And he says he hates to see the radio go apart go away because if you're a radio guy, it's just a different beat, isn't it, if you're doing a game on radio or TV. Well, yes. I mean, you know, I broadcast for, you know, a much smaller school than the Gators, uh, FGCU. And, uh, you know, we do the games on ESPN3, and that's basically internet television. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's the road games, 
and there are other games that I do on the radio, and the broadcast is totally different. I much prefer the radio to television. You have to do more broadcasting. You have to literally paint the picture. I mean, all you have to do is accentuate the picture on television. And, you know, it's funny that Nick said that because I'm actually in a bit of a dispute with the athletic director at FGCU because he doesn't think much of radio anymore. Mm. And I try to tell him, hey, your arena only seats about 4,500. And I've seen how many people are watching on Internet TV. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, your viewing area is a million people. Mm-hmm. You know, you're reaching point something of them. I mean, are you sure this radio thing is, yeah. you know, something you just want to abandon entirely? There are a lot of people on the roads, buddy, when teams are playing. I, I still think radio actually is far more important than people give it credit for. Play by play, perhaps, I think, on the everyday living, it's a different deal. There's no question in Ireland the local market's changed dramatically here since I've been doing radio the last 22 years. And it, it's one of the reasons we've gone all digital. Uh, Brady Ackerman does a show here, digital. Uh, the Morning Guy, WMOP, uh, Adam Reardon, now has, for the first time, pulled the plug on his show. Uh, and we now have no local, meaning Ocala, sports talk uh, it, for the first time since 1966. So because it's, you know, apparently not a market for it. So, but we are finding the audience online and our friends and our friends in the late night dilly dilly crowd and our friends in the, uh, uh, you know, the Internation Kingdom. And then I'm just generally speaking, our show, we're, we're tackling a topic this morning, this, this afternoon, that's similar to what we're talking about, which is radio and media. And I asked these guys earlier and yesterday a question about if you, uh, would you like your media representative covering your team to be one fair and balanced or two lean slightly toward your team or three be an outright fan and homer just to get a point well, I, well I can tell you fair and balanced finished last yeah but you know what not very far last uh because i'm surprised either people are lying to me there are a lot of people who's Lean sliding towards your team is, is, is the most popular one. But fair and balance uh, was right in there. And outright fan of homework, only a few people will admit to that. But I think most people would like to have it, especially in their color uh, broadcaster, I think. That would be it. So, anyway, so you would say the answer to you would be you'd like your guy to be a homer? Well, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up, you know, listening to New York City radio and TV mm-hmm. where, you know, if you were a homer, they'd run you off the airwaves. You know, that was the number one market in the country. You worked your whole life to get there. You were supposed to call it straight. But in a college town about their college team, oh, no, I have found that actually most fans want propaganda. No, they, they don't want a dissenting voice. The only time they will even moderately handle a dissenting voice is if things start going badly. But up until that moment, buddy, you say something that isn't positive. I don't mean negative. I mean isn't positive. God forbid you question someone doing something. And, oh, no. Fans don't want to hear that. They want propaganda. Why do you think they go on message boards? Why do you think they sign up for anything that's got GatorInIt.com? No, no, no. They don't want. They don't want fair and balanced. They want propaganda. We well, you know it's funny. We found a niche in there in the middle, in this program, and we found it because these people felt like they were not getting adequate information, and they felt like there weren't that people who were addressing the story either didn't know about it or really didn't didn't care to find out about it and relate it to them. They felt somewhat abandoned, and they wanted something and somewhere they could go where they could feel kind of safe in expressing their opinions, that they wouldn't be bullied and bashed if they didn't have all the right answers, and where they could enjoy and celebrate sports at University of Florida. That's what they're telling us. That's why we got our thousandth member last night, of our new group, the Nation Kingdom, who wants to have, uh, you know, they want the truth, but they also want to celebrate it. And I can understand why some people would feel, and ESPN is the number one culprit. I hate to say that because I know you do some work for them. 
But they are they, there's a backlash. And you know we talked about it with Gary Danielson. I think Gary That's Danielson right. is, is probably a straightforward, honest guy as you'd ever want broadcasting. But there's a perception, as you point out, that people don't want, pull against, the, say, Gary pulls against their team. And that's right. just not right. the case, and, as you say. And you, know, and you know why, though? It's because he doesn't say something positive unless something positive occurs. Mm-hmm. He calls it straight. Fans, which, as you just surveyed today, they don't want it straight. Yeah. They they look the game through their colored glasses, as they should. They're fans. All right, but the people broadcasting the games on network television anyway are not supposed to be fans. They're, they're supposed to call it straight. Nick mm-hmm. Hubert and whomever sitting alongside of them in whatever sport they're supposed to call it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to see it through glasses that are slightly colored. And that's good. That's why they're there. Yeah, whatever makes your viewing experience, listening experience better is, um, you know, what they should have. And by the way, more and more people, and I noticed ESPN with Paul Feinbaum's done this, are going to the shared experience where you actually sit down and talk to a broadcast to a group and talk to them in a conversational way about the game that's going on. As if you're watching in a bar with your buddies. That seems to be catching on for some reason. So. Well, I also think for big games, some people like it because also it's not the norm. And all of a sudden you look and you go, hey, this is interesting. You know, I've heard the other guys. I know what Chris and Kirk think and feel and how they're going to do a game. How about this little group of guys? I haven't seen or heard from them before. So, yeah, I could see mm-hmm. where it would be appealing. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of comments on the group. Love baseball on the radio, says Michael. Um, and uh, uh, Joy says, still love the neon glow of the radio dial with the baseball game of the Gators football right game on a long car ride home, and we've all done that. Like say when you're out riding around, and I get to sometimes punch up my radio, my digital radio, and listen to ESPNU, and lo and behold, David Bolton is there uh, with all with Danny Cannell of all people, among others, doing football. So that was an unexpected pleasure for me uh, to catch well, you there. I do think though that uh, a couple of the listeners there touched upon something where you know what, buddy, maybe. Maybe just not as many people are going to listen to the actual game on the radio before or as before or on the Internet. Yeah. But the pregame and the postgame, driving in, in the parking lot, right. stuck in traffic, leaving Ben Hill Griffin, you know, I mean, you can all listen to it together. You can heck, you can call in. Even. Yeah. See, that's you know, a, I mean, yeah, I, that's, that that's, has, yeah, that's big. I think that's always going to have value. Yeah. i tell you what, first time I went to a Major League Baseball game in Cincinnati, Ohio, Way back in the day, I had my radio on coming home and heard him do talk radio with calls after the game. I thought, man, this is amazing where you can go to the game and you can talk about it. And then, of course, as we know, that uh, that got very popular. But uh, that was just enlightening to me to see that, that you could actually have conversations. So, all right, so, so here's the deal. Uh, give me your take on the cheating. We've talked a lot about that. And by the way, we've got a very dedicated listener here, uh, John Kerr in Atlanta, who's always giving us good stuff like this. He's got the list of schools most on probation in college football. Programs have been sanctioned the most. You can probably guess who they are. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you three guesses at the first two or three. Uh, Alabama, Oklahoma, and who else? Well, here's the list. Number one is SMU. Oh, well, I mean, I have to admit, they, they rung up a few right on top of one. Right. USC is second. That surprises me. Auburn is third. Uh, actually, USC and Auburn are tied for third. Alabama is tied for fourth with Michigan State and Oklahoma. And then comes Colorado and Illinois and Texas A&M all tied for seventh. So there's a few in there you wouldn't expect. Like if Illinois is cheating, they're not cheating very Boy, good. <laughs> no, they're they're not good at it. Let me yeah. tell you. I mean, you've got to at least do some winning. I mean, you know, exactly. Zook won the one year, but come on. Um, yeah. I, buddy, I can't believe there is 
there's cheating going on in big time college athletics. Yeah, I mean, really. really. Yeah, I'm, shocked. I'm shocked and appalled. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I will say though, the cheating is a completely different kind. You know, 30, 40 years ago, one, there was no AAU. You were going through the high school mm-hmm. coaches. Right. But two, also, I think the boosters were far more involved then. Yeah. You know, the boosters were the ones who were trying to rein in. They were trying mm-hmm. to show off and, you know, be friends of the program. And, you know, you find out who they're looking for and you kind of either they'd be go rogue or they'd work with the school to, you know, make sure that so-and-so was delivered there. Now... I mean, you can just bypass the high school coaches in basketball. You can just go straight to the AAU. The shoe companies are paying the majority of the coaches' salaries, not the school, you know. And then you've got the sports agencies. You have $3 billion agencies, buddy. College basketball, the shoe companies, and the sports agencies that all have a vested interest to work together. $3 billion agencies. I can't believe we have a problem with money in college basketball with $3 billion entities involved. Well, we smell the stench of it a long time. We've known it's going on basketball being the worst. As uh, somebody pointed out yesterday, basketball is easier because you only need one or two really great players to turn around. So uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's going to be happening too. All right, so let's uh, uh, let me ask you about a news story. I want to get your take on Dan Mullen. Be thinking about this. Your Dan Mullen you're out telling the world about your Gators now. Yesterday he spoke. Today he's, I think, Orlando or Tampa. Tomorrow he'll be in Orlando, I guess, whatever. And, you know, you're Dan Mullen, and what are you going to tell the world about your team? Think about that for a second while we th- read this story. Citing unnamed sources, AL.com is reporting that Nick Saban has been in contact with Butch Jones about a job on his Alabama football staff. In fact, the interest has gotten as far down the road as Jones making a trip to Tuscaloosa and meeting face-to-face with Saban. With Saban's on-field staff being completed last week, Jones would be in line for an offensive analyst role with the Crimson Tide. Jones, of course, was the head coach at Tennessee for five seasons. Summarily, he's dismissed. Uh, and uh, prior to that, he was head coach at Cincinnati. Of course, he got a nice little payday there when he left Knoxville, too. So, what is he running, a refuge there? Well, two things. First off, you see in college basketball a lot where coaches don't say negative things about other coaches. Well, you don't hear it a whole lot in college football. And Nick clearly looks out for other coaches. I mean, he reached out to Lane Kiffin. He reached out to Steve Sarkeesian. Now he's reaching out to Butch. You know, reportedly even reached out to Jim McElwain. You know, I mean, Nick wants to take care of other coaches. And he knows he's got the money. He's not going to have administration to tell him no. Also, he's achieved enough that who's going to criticize him? He can't criticize Nick Saban right now. He could hire anybody he wanted for any role, and you can't criticize him. So I think the other common factor a lot of times, buddy, is take a look at who the agent is. You know, some of these hires have been clients of the same agent Nick has. So it's also helping to resuscitate, you know, kind of, you know, a friend of his agent's career. So, you know, I, I think, plus, you know, Buddy, I'm actually one of those that believes, hey, you can't have enough smart guys. You can't have enough guys to help you. I mean, worst case scenario, you decide, you know what, he's got nothing to offer, you send him packing. But, you know, I, I find it interesting. I know I would be interested. Think about it. If you're in a conference and somebody – who you have some regard with gets fired in your conference and they're available, you wouldn't at least want to have lunch with him and pick his brain? And to me, that's kind of what I view an analyst on Nick Saban's staff as, somebody who's going to do a lot of work for him and occasionally he's going to ask him his opinion about things. I think you're right. And I, I actually applaud Saban for doing it, whatever for whatever his motivation is. As a lot, coaches are pretty nice, pretty good people. I like coaches, most of them, uh, and I, I understand if this, it's a resource out there, and Sam has been pretty good at this, finding people who are maybe there's been disparities in some fashion, like Kevin being one, rehabilitating them somewhat, and uh, that's that's the side of Saban, which I think, although I think he's a bully as he showed, I think he also has a kind heart, and there's no doubt about the fact that's what it's prompted him. Uh, to to talk to Butch Jones 
and bring him in for a fresh uh, look at things. That keeps you on your toes for someone else, you know, analyzing your own staff. Maybe he needs to analyze the Crimson Tide roster and see what he can find. So we agree there. Okay, a lot of talk about Dan Mullen. We've discussed it a lot since the last four or five times we've been on the show, and we both agree. I know you're a big uh, proponent of Mullen. You liked him early on, and you think he's going to make a huge difference. I think we all did. Uh, I say all, meaning you and I both agreed on that. I thought Murray, I thought the, the, the job would end up going to somebody else, Kelly. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, but fortunately, I should say, it wound up going to Mullen, and it was even better than what we thought it would be so far. But he hasn't played a game, call a play, we don't know. But this week he's out, and he's telling the people about his roster and his players and what he knows. What We know what the number one question is going to be. If you're Nick Saban and you're sitting down to address these Gator fans who are trying to be, hopefully they've been patient, they need to be rehabilitated. Gator Nation, if it's not broken, it's dented and bumped and scratched a little bit. You're, Nick, you're, you're, you're a guy who's going out as a former assistant coach, and you have a message. You're Dan Mullen. What do you tell him? Well, I think you tell him the truth. I, you know, I'm a big fan of the truth. I think that Gator fan needs to stop having stuff blowing up their you-know-whats, to be blunt. All right? They need the truth. I've been saying it for years on your show. I know I've gotten some flack. You guys haven't had the talent that other people have had. You certainly haven't had it on the offensive side of the ball. And I think Dan's got to say, hey, listen, uh, I know what a national championship team in Florida looks like. Uh, we don't have that roster. Are we going to get it? Yes. How long is it going to take? I'm not quite sure. Are there other teams in this conference that have that roster? Yes. Are we going to be better than we were last year? Hell yes. Are we going to be exciting? Absolutely. All right. But when are we going to win a championship here? It's not going to be 2018. That I can tell you. We're going to be better. We're going to be better. And we will chase down Georgia and pass them. Just don't ask me when. That's what I think he needs to say. All right. And that promise what you can deliver, which is an offense. <laughs> that he can deliver. Competent quarterback play. That he can deliver. Okay. Giving Gator fans hope that they can have three units that can all compete at a high level someday. Honestly, haven't had it this decade at the same time. That I think Dan Mullen can promise and deliver on in the next two years. After that, I mean, let's face it, buddy. Right now, Florida's in a bit of a position that LSU and A&M have gotten themselves in. They're behind a gorilla. They are. And you got to chase them down. And it's going to be hard. It is. This is the best Georgia in many a Florida fan's life that they're having to chase down. This is going to be hard. This is not the Georgia that you've known. All right? This is going to be hard. But Dan's the guy to do it. I'm absolutely convinced of that. He wants it. He knows his fan base. And he knows Florida. And he knows the SEC. All right, but the one thing I don't think he can do is be dishonest to the fan base because they've been sold a bill of goods now for seven years. Tell them the truth. They're adults. They can handle it. Well, you resonate with a couple of our listeners and viewers, Michael and uh, Richie. Truth, what I'm said. I like that, David, said Michael. So you resonate with them. I think there's one more thing. I think while where you have to address the championship issue – I think he's already partially addressed it, and that this is the kind of team you're going to see on the field. We're we're going to be relentless, as he has said. You know, we're going to we're going to coach our guys to give everything they got. Maybe they won't be as talented sometimes as the others, but I promise you that that we will try to get the best out of them, and we will demand that they give their best to us. And together we can make progress. The main thing being that we have to get better every day, to use the cliche, in order to be able to compete at that level. Will we be able to compete? Yes. We should be able to compete right away, meaning we'll win some games. We may not make it to Atlanta, but we could be in the hunt. We'll be competitive. We're not going to go into a game totally unprepared and fall apart, you know, like teams have in the past. I think they want to see a little bit of that too, David, about the demeanor of this team and the work ethic of this team. 
Um, and then, of course, the athletic skill of some of the players. I mean, we're already hearing uh, Felipe Franks, you know, murmurings about Franks. Well, maybe he's a little better athlete than they thought he was, a little better prospect than they thought. The quarterback, of course, is the main thing we're going to talk about. We all know that. But you put it very well. Being honest is good. Letting them know that they're not, this is not the 2008 Gators, you know, and that day is not going to come right away, but it may come again. So I think you summed it up nicely. And also, you know, just say to people, and I know sometimes, you know, Florida fans don't want to hear about Alabama and Georgia, but sometimes it does need to be pointed out. You know, Nick won seven and six year one. Kirby won eight and five. You know, and they both won their bowl games too. So their regular seasons were actually six and six and seven and five. You know, it, it, bottom line is it's about a roster. It's about talent. And, and the other thing needs to be kept in mind, Dan was at a disadvantage compared to those two. You know, when they came in and got the job, they didn't, they had the extra six weeks till National Letter of Intent Day for their first signing class. Dan got the job, had to turn around three hours later and had the early signing period where 70% of the kids committed. So Dan's actually at a disadvantage compared to what Nick and Kirby walked into from a recruiting standpoint. I thought Mullen and his staff did a tremendous job, quite frankly. I really did. I thought Taggart and his staff did a great job. I thought Dan and his staff did a terrific job in what they were able to make of this year's class as late as they got there with a three-day early signing period, seemingly about five days after they got the gig. Good stuff, as usual. David Moulton. You can, what time is your show on, by the way? Oh, it's in the morning. Oh, it's 6 to 9 a.m. You hate that, don't uh, you? Oh, buddy, I've been a night person since college, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I did that for a while, and I talked to an old friend of mine who used to do the morning show, late Jim Kirk. Did it for 30 years. He said, it sucks the life out of you, that 6 a.m. You know, it, it has a long, it, it beats you down because by 10 o'clock when you're watching the ball game, your head's on the pillow already. You're already out. And so if you're watching any late game, well, listen, it's uh, as usual, great to have you on. Appreciate your time. Uh, we've got, uh, well, next week we start seeing some spring ball and we start seeing some real storylines out of Gainesville. And then we'll see what happens with the Canes and the Knowles. Uh, and by the way, there are other schools in the state of Florida, as we found out, uh, namely the Knights and the Bulls. So going to be another interesting year in college football in the state of Florida. Well, and, you know, we'll have hoops here. So let's see how many Florida schools get in, and let's see how many, if any, can make a deep run. I, I think between the Knolls, the Gators, the Canes, they're all going to be seated somewhere between 6 and 10. So they're all going to have quite a struggle to make it to the Sweet 16. It'll be interesting. Florida State looks so horrible against NC State. My word, they looked like they couldn't throw it. Of course, Florida's looked that way, too. Exactly. So I can't, I've never seen so many teams that can look so bad and then come back and win a game the next week. It's crazy. There's not a lot of stability. I don't even know who the top teams are. Someone asked me to pick the top four teams in the country. I said, I won't embarrass myself. I can tell you who's ranked. I can't, I'm not about to tell you who the four best teams are. Because I'm well, honestly, I don't even know who the best team is. Well, buddy, I think you could see an awful lot of these teams that are 500 in the power conferences all getting upset early. Yeah. But then again, you know you're going to have one or two like South Carolina last year that just puts it together yeah. at the right time and goes on a run. And it might make it interesting and fun in, in March Madness, which in some ways is better. So, David Moulton from uh, Miller and Moulton in Southwest Florida and, of course, many other things, including ESPN. I can't read it all, man. Your, your, your credits are getting too long. I just know. Say, Listen, I, I always forget like a W-2 when it comes tax time. <laughs> I, I, I lose track of the paperwork. Well. Multiple sources pay off except when you get all those W-2s in the mail. <laughs> all right, David. Good stuff, buddy. I appreciate your time. All right, buddy. Safe travels. All right. Thank you. Bolton, always good. All right, well, we're going to wrap up this hour. Thanks for the early birds for joining the session today. Uh, we're back tomorrow with Brady Ackerman. Probably a 4.30 show tomorrow, too, because Brady has things to do late in the afternoon. Then back on schedule Thursday and Friday. And then in two weeks on Friday, Tom Schmitz joins the program on a Friday. Always ever-evolving here on the program, so... Thank you so much for listening and watching and and uh, for your contributions. It's been a fun time here in Wyoming. We'll say thank you to Rebecca and Jeff and 
and their hospitality in the city of Wyoming. And we're headed to the airport, Philadelphia. We're coming home. Thanks for listening and thanks for watching.